Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside uh, is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we, of course, are your hosts. Good morning, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. I'm sorry for some reason you're not coming through. No, nope. we'll have to check and see on that. Um, all right, so we've got a great show for this morning. I'll keep talking here. We'll figure out what's uh, what's happening with Cindy for some reason. Um, I don't know, Cindy. Maybe if you're you're muted, but um, we'll we'll see what's happening. But all right, we've got a great show for this morning. Uh, we're going to be joined here in just by. Uh, just a few moments here by our latest winner, our first winner of the 2021 season off the Symmetra Tour. Uh, she won the uh, past week's uh, Carlisle uh, Arizona Women's Golf Classic. And uh, we're, of course, talking about Rajin Liu. Uh, this was her fifth win on the Symmetra Tour. And she's going to be joining us here in just a moment. And then a little bit later on, uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Val uh, Patrick, who is a Class A uh, LPGA teacher professional. She'll be joining us on the second half. And uh, so I'm going to welcome Rajin uh, on the show. Rajin, uh, welcome to uh, the Women of Golf. Morning, Ted, and thank you for having me. Not a problem. I think, let me just check. Cindy, are you there now? I am here. I have no idea what was happening, but it was about eight times. Hi, sweetie pie, way to win it this week. Oh, thank you, Cindy. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Well, let me, yeah, congratulations, first and foremost. And, and let me just, uh, before we start saying, let me just uh, bring out a couple of notes. Uh, this is win number five for Rajin on the Symmetra Tour this past week. Uh, three of her wins came back in 2018, uh, which led her to lead uh, or finish as the number one uh, spot for the uh, race for the card, and in 2018, uh, she graduated from Symmetra to first earn her LPGA Tour membership as the 2019 LPGA Tour rookie, uh, and she's only one of six players on Symmetra Tour history to surpass 100,000 in earnings in a single season, so um, what a great, uh, what a great uh, career so far, and she's just battling it out and also one other thing this was the first event of Symmetra this season and out of the gate Cindy she wins number one right 
How good is this girl? Uh, yeah. She's she's a player. A player, yeah. darling. A player. So what have you been doing all winter to get ready for this? So actually my last event in 2020 was September, you know, the Walmart LPGA event because uh, I'm having an injury on the bottom of my set. And I basically, um, you know, due to the pandemic, um, even though anything wasn't count, uh, you know, towards the card. So everybody's status stayed to stay the same unless we win. So I just decided to go home to China to treat my foot. So I left mid-September, and I came back, uh, I think, March 5th. I uh, didn't play golf. I think I only played one round of golf during the six months. And didn't practice at all, and um, that's why it feels even better to win the first Holy first tournament. You know? Are you kidding me? I <laughs> know. Uh, that's the, that's the, the trick, heck? Cindy. I uh, know. Six months off and then win. Normally, you tell people take six months off and then quit, but not you. <laughs> Holy oh. cow. I always take a lot of time off during off season anyway, so I think. Um, but you know, six months is the first time for me anyway. That's why I'm a little bit surprised after first round. I, I shot six. <laughs> wow. What the heck? That. I know. That's just that's incredible. That's just incredible. Um, and that. So you have. You know, and Cindy, that's so, just. Sorry. Yeah. Go I'm ahead. Just sorry. Excited. You have to be so excited that you, number one, got your foot fixed, and number two, it didn't hurt you. Yes, yes. I'm just really pleased with the results of the treatment because, you know, I was in in for treatment every five to ten days, so it's a long thing to go. Even though it's not a big injury, it's just an irritating sesamoid bone, but, you know, but you walk on that bone every single time you take a step, so it's like a really you know, nasty injury to have. It's not like you break a bone and then you take a break for like three months and you're good to go. This is like constantly hurting you. Oh. Mm. What is it that you have? It's a sesamoid bone irritation. So it's the big toe joint and the bottom of the foot. Uh, So it's not like you can walk different. Well, I try to wobble a little bit, you know, to try to find a balance. But I don't want to put too much pressure on my left foot. You know, that might cause another problem on the left. So I'm just trying to walk as normal as I can and, um, you know, just push through it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's – yeah, that's incredible. Let me just point out a a few other things from this past week's tournament. Um, she actually ended up in a tie uh, with Rose Zhang, who is number one uh, amateur, and they ended up in a sudden death playoff. And on the second hole, of course, she won. But here's some interesting stats, just to, to throw a few extra wows. Um, she won, as I said, in a two-hole playoff. She hit 12 of 14 fairways and 14 greens in regulation and 29 putts in her final round. I mean, that's, that's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, let's just hit it straight and get it on the green and sink all the putts. I mean, you know, this just, it, it, it blows my mind, Cindy, you know, because she, as she just pointed out, has been off for six months since basically September, comes back just shortly before the event, 
maybe gets a practice round in in that six month period and come up, comes out and wins the first um, event uh, of this Metro season. So, Rajan, let me ask you something. When you went into you, you tied in the event, as I just pointed out, and when you went into the playoff. What is your mindset going? And obviously you want to ultimately win, but what do you do? Because you're going against another player who, um, you know, obviously has game as well. What do you try to do? What do you focus on when you step up to the first tee of the uh, the first playoff hole? Well, you know, the thing for me for the playoff is this is my first time ever in my career, including, you know, my junior time to have a playoff and never play playoff before. This is my first time ever. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a pressure to me, first of all, because it's the first time. I don't know what to expect. I never experienced this. So um, after my 72 holes, because uh, Rose finished before me, so she's actually waiting on the green for me to finish. So after my 72 holes done, I actually went to the restroom and I took a break you know I drink a lot of fluids and try to calm myself down and then I just tell myself you know I've never been there and I did a great week I'm just gonna try and do the same thing I did in the last four days on the last hole Uh, it's a par five Uh, everybody has a chance so just be calm and see what happens and I step on the tee and Rose definitely is you know world number one in amateur so she's really famous Mm -hmm. And I saw her on the TV before playing the ANA, you know, as a major, and she did great. So, you know, that's another layers of pressure. But when I step on the tee, her and her, uh, Rose and her father, they both speak home language to me. And all of a sudden, that feels much, much more relaxed, you know. It's just mm-hmm. two players, two dads, we both speak Chinese, and that kind of took a lot of pressure off. It kind of just feels like a, you know, a nice, easy last hole both of us just walked down. After the tea shot, we started talking, you know, about everything. And I think that helps a lot with anxiety. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I actually feel great for my first playoff because uh, it's not as bad as I thought it's going to be mentally. Well, and, and what's interesting, let me just point out uh, a little bit about the playoffs just to, to bring the folks up to speed. You both found the fairway, um, and but her second shot, Rose's second shot, found the desert on the left of the fairway and actually had to take an unplayable. Um, you both actually parred the first hole, and this is on the second, of course. Um, and uh, you found yourself on the green, as you had been in, in three, and sunk your birdie putt, so obviously uh, go one under for, uh, for the second uh, playoff hole and ultimately to go on to win. Um, but as you said, you know, this is something, again, adding another check in, in the box, if you will, something you hadn't done yet. Uh, you were obviously nervous coming in there, um, but were quickly, you know, sort of put at ease because you were, you know, with somebody that you were able to communicate with and had some shared uh, common interests, um, both being from the same area. Um, so that helped a little bit. But do you, in that moment, do you kind of, remove yourself and, and, and say to yourself, okay, I'm not really in a playoff. I'm just going to continue on as though I was playing in a, in a normal round, or what do you do? Uh, no, I think I still treat it as a playoff, you know, because in the playoff situation, I'm just trying to get the putt in the hole as soon as I can because, as you said, Rose hit her second shot left, 
to the Red Desert. She just she actually just passed the red stake, so passed the water hazard into the sand. So she took an unplayable, but uh, more deep into the desert, actually can see where her ball is. And I'm on the fairway, so I hit her first around maybe seven to eight feet next to the hole. But I'm, uh, you know, on top of the hole, which is a left to right break, and then a downhill. Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy mm. putt. And then she hit a great, great shot next to the pin. I think it was six to seven feet because I put it first, you know, for birdie. But before I stand on the putt, I actually kind of feel a little confident because I had this putt, I think, on uh, round number two to have birdie. Mm-hmm. It's not the same whole location, but they are pretty close to each other. And I have the same line. So I know what to expect, and I just standing there. I put pretty aggressive for that downhill, and the ball just went straight to the back of the hole. So, you know, um, because of my first playoff hole, I was a little bit nervous on the putting green, so I kind of left it short. And on the second hole, because she's really close to the hole for a par, so you are expecting her to make it. And that's why I tell myself I have to be aggressive this time. Otherwise, it's going to be another hole. And uh, I think... That mentality actually um, saved the whole thing. Well, that's incredible. Um, again, it just, you know, a testament, I, I, you know, and this is why you've won so many times, uh, is the fact that, you know, even though, again, you were nervous, um, you can draw on that experience that you've, you've amassed over the last few years uh, playing competitive golf uh, to just stick to your game plan and not you know, deviate. And a lot of other players who, you know, maybe haven't had the success that you've had thus far um, don't have that same experience sometimes to draw from. So I think that's a a testament to all of the hard work that you've been doing over the last uh, several seasons. And and again, congratulations on that win. Cindy, go ahead. Let me ask you a question. Did the thought go through your head that it doesn't matter who wins because I'm going to get the money? Uh, No, because for me... Um, you know, at that time, this is already a past thought. I, I actually thought about it. I think on we'll hole number 17 or 18. So, um, but then at that moment, as a player, the only thing you thought is to win the tournament. You know, it doesn't Good matter girl. about the money. It's just I want that trophy. I want my name on the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when do you play again? Um, this week, uh, we are in the California Beaumont for the IOA Championship. Awesome. And then where? Uh, and then I think we have two weeks break, and then back to Arizona. Wow. So West Coast until when do you come to Florida? Uh, I'm going to go home after this week. Good job, good job. And where is home? What city? Uh, Orlando. I was just there. We should have yeah. gotten together. Oh, yeah. We're pretty close to each other. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, she was right, she was ahead. winning. Yeah, she was winning. Yeah, uh, I was teaching so she winners. Would... I was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were at Orange County. So, so Rajin, let me ask you... Um, you know, you, you talked a little bit. I want to go back to, to your injury a little bit. 
Um, so you're still obviously feeling some of the effects uh, in that and, and obviously have to take it easy. Um, how many events uh, are, are you think you're going to play this year? Obviously, assuming you don't uh, have any uh, further injuries, are you going to try to play a full season uh, on Symmetra? And obviously, you're going to try to get out on um, the LPJ as well. You still have status on the LPJ, correct? Yes, I, I'm having a dual membership, but then my status wasn't so good for the LPJ this year. So I think I'm going to stick with Symmetra as much as, as I can just to try to get to the top 10 so I can have my status for next year. But then I need to go back to China, uh, I think either June or July, to play a tournament. And uh, that's why I'm trying to play as good as I can before that time, um, trying to climb as high as I can on the board. So I, when I take that month off going back to China, I have some sort of cushion, you know, just to take it easy. But then mm-hmm. I didn't feel any pain this week for my foot, which is a good thing. But then the doctor mm-hmm. says this might come back anytime, you know, if I start walking crazy. So I'm I'm not trying to play, you know, tons of practice rounds and spend so much time on the range. I'm just going to do my thing and then uh, take it easy. Like last week, I actually have – I slip and fall the week before mm-hmm. the weekend. So I actually have a huge hole on my right knee. That's why I'm walking super slow during a tournament because I can't bend over. You know, when you start to scab, every time I walk, it stretched out. And, uh, yeah, I can't oh. bend over. I can't mark my ball. I'm just trying to uh, stretch my leg and bend over to mark my ball. So I asked my dad to watch the line on the putting green for me. I can't even watch, you know, read the green. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's incredible. So let me ask you, you know, you said a little while ago, you, you know, you, again, obviously you, you had this injury last year and uh, your last event was in September in 2020. And then you had six months off and only came back and, and really had one practice round. So typically in, in a good year, let's say, you know, forgetting injuries and things like that, do you, do you tend to practice a lot? Do you take a lot of time off where you're not playing or practicing? What's sort of your overall regimen, if you will, as, as far as preparing for events? Some people get out there and they're practicing, uh, you know, to death all the time, and others, you know, can kind of, you know, go for periods of time where they're not playing or practicing a lot but seem to maintain their game. How were you able to maintain your game to the level, to the point where you were able to win when you only played basically one practice round in a six-month period, coming off an injury? Well, uh, I am always that kind of person. I took a long time off because since I started playing golf at age six, um, I always take summer break and uh, winter break, you know, during the school time. I took them off almost completely, no golf, so I can go back home and enjoy food and friends and everything. And uh, so... For example, 2018, uh, after the semester season is done, which is um, October, I went home to China, I think mid-October. I didn't do anything until uh, January. So I think I only touched my club for a week. I played a tournament back there. It's the China Open. And that's it. I didn't do anything other than that. I didn't practice things and just have fun, you know, roller coaster, food, travel with friends and those stuff. And I think I've been doing that since age six. So I think that's why I can uh, pull last week off, you know, after six months of no golf. 
So you obviously have built up a lot of confidence, uh, as you just said, you know, from age six when you first started playing to now um, playing in that type of schedule. So when you do come back, so when you've had a, an extended period off, whether it be the summer holiday or whether it be through the winter months, as you said, and you do come back and, and you do some practicing, what do you work on? What do you do during that time when you get ready for, um, to, to begin playing competitive golf again? Do you kind of just go through the fundamentals? You know, do you just play? You know, what do you do? What's your, what's your schedule like? Um, I, I will start with my swing first because um, uh, that takes much more time than short game, I think. Um, so I always have a tendency to have my basic stuff a little bit off. For example, my ball position always tend to go to a, a little right if I took too much time off of golf. So that's the things I'm checking on the most. And then also my takeaway. Um, I always take my club way too back if I didn't play a lot of golf. So takeaway in my ball position is what me and my coach is looking for the first week of coming back. And then the short game is just um, practicing a little bit more than usual, just try to get the feel back. Wow, that's incredible. You know, Cindy, it's it, it just amazing when you hear, you know, her – her explanation of, of what she does and how, when you think of how many, you know, players out there that just grind and grind and grind, um, and, and seem to struggle. And yet, you know, Regine comes out and, you know, takes, a, a, you know, an extended break and, and then comes out and, you know, kind of warms up and practices certain things. And then right out of the gate comes out and win. Um, that's incredible. Don't you think Cindy? I sure do. So do you do you mentally practice your swing in your mind when you're taking all this time off? Uh, no, I don't want to think about golf when I'm off just because I think as a player, you know, uh, before you're a player, you're a person. So you can't do mm-hmm. one thing for a whole year, you know. That's going to burn your brain. So I just want to take my time off of course so I can come back sharper. And I want to enjoy myself, you know, during the off-season, you know, go shopping, go have fun. And I think that can make my comeback more happier, you know. I can enjoy this game even more. But if you think about it every single day for the whole year, that's, you know, sometimes it's stressful. And I don't want to stress myself out. That's why I want I want to completely out of the game for, uh, you know, off-season. So if you were speaking to a young girl or boy who wanted to play golf for a living, I think what you're saying is absolutely true and and awesome. What would you say to them and their parents who might push them hard, practice all the time, if you were sitting in an interview like around the campfire, what would you tell them? Um, you know, I think first of all, everybody's different. I never want to say, you know, when some people is practicing, it is wrong. Um, it is not wrong. It just suit them. So for me, I like to take time off. It's just because I grew up like that and my parents trying to uh, make me, um, you know, practicing like that way because what we thought is injury as a uh, athlete. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just can't avoid it. It's going to happen later or sooner in your career. 
So if you have the comfort to take a break uh, for a period of time and you'll come back fine, that's actually um ability, you know, as a player to be able to success. Because um, if i practicing every single day since my junior time, you know, and then all of a sudden I have an injury, that might be a little tough to come back because you never experienced those. So for me, I, I just, you know, grew up that way, and um, this suits my game. But, you know, if some player, they're practicing every single day, and that suits for them. You know, it's great. Everybody is just different. But um, if I want to talk to a young girl uh, or a young boy about this, um, I would tell them, don't push yourself too hard. Because when you're little, um, sometimes time isn't the most, uh, you know, important thing. The quality is what you're looking for, for practice. Mm -hmm. And... uh, for for example, myself, I can't focus more than an hour on the range. So after that time, uh, all the shots I play, I don't think it's quality anymore. So it just depends on everybody. But just don't push yourself to the point you can't handle it anymore. Just try to control the time under the quality. Well, well yeah, think... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, Thracian, that's some some great advice, and you're right. We are all uh, different, and everybody has to find their own rhythm, if you will. And I think, you know, when I think about that, what what I was thinking about while you were saying that was, you know, when you look at the current status of of really all the tours, they've they've expanded, and they're pretty much playing all year round. And they used to take breaks, you know, when it came to the fall. You know, there was a few tournaments that sort of hung on, and then, you know, there was a, an extended break until the new season. And that's pretty much gone now uh, for pretty much all of uh, competitive golf, with maybe a few exceptions. And I think that, you know, this is maybe part of the reason you see a lot more injuries in that as well, is there, you know, people are not getting, uh, taking, you know, they want to stay competitive, they want to be playing in these events, and, you know, you're seeing more injuries as we go along. Um, so maybe they, they need to take uh, an example out of your playbook and, and take some time off to enjoy life and have quality of life. And I like the fact that you're not spending, uh, you know, more than, you know, say on average an hour on the range because I think that's where a lot of amateurs fall into the, to the trap is they get out there and they're hitting balls for hours and it gets to a point where they might have started out pretty good, but by the time they finish their practice session, they're – you know, suddenly stinking all of a sudden because they're they're tired, they're exhausted, and and they're just not uh, you know really in in it anymore. So I think your your method works very well for you, and obviously the fact that you've won five times on the Symmetra Tour uh, is a testament to to that regiment. So um, thank you for joining us this morning, and and uh, I I have a sneaking suspicion, Rachel, you're going to be joining us before this season is out, uh, maybe many more times uh, as you progress through the season. Oh, thank you. I hope I join this as much as I can. <laughs> Good luck, honey. Great job. I'm proud of you. All right. Thank you, Cindy. Yeah, you did it. All right. Bye-bye. Really amazing, uh, you know, Cindy, when you think about it, though. I mean, that type of performance is really unheard of. I don't know of anybody else. I can. Maybe you know because uh, you you know had direct experience on the tour, but – I don't know of anybody else that has that same kind of regiment where they go and, and don't play for six months and come out and, you know, 
play a practice round and come out and win the first event. I mean, have you ever seen that before? I can't think of anybody. No, but you know, it's funny because Alan used to be like, I've got to take a break. I got to take a break. I got to get out. And, um, it's just, it's overkill. And I was the opposite. I was like, Oh no, I got to keep swinging. If I, if I leave, I'm going to lose it. Right. And so, um, she's got the right mindset. Bruce Litsky used to do that. In fact, yeah, one that's time right. his yeah. caddy left a banana in the bag where in a pocket that if Bruce had pulled, had practiced during the off season, he would have found the banana. And at the, the next season, the banana was still in there and a little bit rotten, as you can imagine. Oh, I'm sure. So, yeah, Bruce Litsky <laughs> was the same way. That's right. And you know what? Now that you now that you mentioned him, oh yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I remember that he used to take extended breaks off, and he didn't really practice as diligently as some of the other players. Yeah, in fact, yeah. He and I remember that now that you say that. I remember he did an interview. I think it was on the Golf Channel, and he talked about that. And somebody asked him, I forget who it was that interviewed him at the time, but uh, asked him about his practice. And he said, "I don't." You know, he said, "When I go home for a break or." <laughs> He said, I, you know, I'm just I'm doing things with family. I'm doing things with friends, just very much like Ray Jin uh, talked about. And, you know, he's not thinking about golf. And then when he's ready to come back out, you know, he'll warm up on the range. And even his warm-ups, I, I remember now vaguely, but I remember him talking about um, saying that even when he came out and, and did his warm-up, it was very sparse compared to what you saw others. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, he didn't dominate the tour or anything like that, but he had a, a very good career. Um, so, you know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's uh, uh, something that people need to consider because, you know, I see a lot of, as I was pointing out, I see a lot of amateurs, as I know you do, that get out there and they're just raking and beating balls for hours out in that driving range. And, you know, and they wonder why they're not getting any better. Um, I think they just do it to to the point of exhaustion. And then, yep. you know... Uh, you know, they're, they're frustrated. So um, while we're waiting for Val, uh, she should be joining us here in just a moment. Uh, you were uh, down in Orlando last week at uh, one of your boot camps. So how did it go? Tell us a little bit about it. It was great. It was just a little bit chilly. It was like 52 and windy. And I'm like, wait a minute. And one of the days, I think it was warmer in Buffalo than it was in Orlando. But we had great students and everybody learned something and they all got better and we had a great time. So we're going back in two weeks for the junior boot camp, and I can't wait to go. So tell us a little bit about the junior boot camp, because, again, you know, when you're working with adults, it's obviously probably a much different approach to that. So what's kind of the difference? What are some of the differences between maybe one of your, what I would say, your regular boot camp where you're, you know, dealing with adults not, and, and juniors? Obviously, there's age differences, but um, do, you, do you take a different approach with the juniors as opposed to the adults? Uh, give us an idea. I do not. I do not. Um, I may push the juniors a little bit harder on, you know, course management mm-hmm. and pre-shot routine, if you will, because we teach all these kids all year, and this is where we we really it's more dedicated to how do I play golf and learn to score, because we're away from home and we're you know it's consolidated four days of very intense training and playing. So we don't really do anything different, though, because the golf game is a golf game. you got to learn how to swing it 
and hit it and then put it where you want it to go and knock it in the hole, right? Right. Um, now, do you find between the two, whether working with your juniors and working with the adults, do you find the juniors absorb more? Do they, do they seem to be more, um, I don't want to say focused, but um, pick up things a little bit easier, do you think, than some of Because I think sometimes people that have been playing for a little while, uh, particularly, you know, tend to get a little complacent uh, and, and don't always, I don't want to say learn as, as, as quickly, but don't seem to grasp things. Do you find that, or are they pretty much the same? No, I think, I think it's a personal issue. You know, are you there because you want to be there? Your parents are making you be there. Your wife brought you and dragged you here. Um, the golf game, you know, again, I've got a little thing about a nail. If you're sitting on a nail, why don't you get up off the nail? So how bad does it have mm-hmm. to hurt before you're willing to change? If you keep yanking it, you know, and you're like, well, I don't want to change that. Okay, then keep yanking it, right? So mm-hmm. the point is, is do you want to get better? And if you want to get better, then let's discuss why it's not going where you want it to go and what we can do to fix that, to make it be more consistent. So I don't alter a youth thing. I think it's a personal issue of, you know, do you really want to get better? And does it hurt bad enough mm-hmm. to change? Because sometimes change is difficult, right? Right. So tell us a little bit typically what goes on at one of the boot camps. We're just waiting for Val to uh, uh, to call in, so we'll just uh, spend in a moment or two and talk about that. And hopefully she'll uh, she'll call in the next minute or two. But um, give us an idea. Walk us through typically what goes on at, at uh, the boot camp. Well, everyone that registers, is required to do an intake survey so we kind of know where you're at. What do you shoot? How many lessons do you take per year in case I don't teach you? We had a couple come from Atlanta this week that I had never met or taught. And they saw me on the golf channel, and the wife said, I think she can help me. So that was a big trust factor on their part. Um, So everyone takes this intake survey, and then they take a learning style assessment that I've created online to find out if you want to see it, feel it, or hear it, so I know how to teach you best. And then they take a behavior assessment to find out what their personality style is and a motivation report. So why are you here? Do you want to have fun? Are you trying to compete? You know, do you like being outside? Is it a family affair? All those things. And then the first day we meet inside the restaurant and we go over the report so that they can understand not only themselves, but that also can see who else is with us. It's like an ice, it's a great icebreaker. And needless to say, you know, Cindy's a competitive control freak, and Alan's Mr. Nice Guy, quiet, shy, <laughs> sitting in the corner. So they right. understand who we are and who they are. And then we, we created a disc golf assessment that will help them understand that there are tour players in each of these behavior styles. And it's really important for them to understand that you have to be yourself. So Tiger Woods is a high D. Christina Kim is a high I. Um, Ernie Els, Jason Duffner, and Alan Miller are high S's. Bernard Langer is a high C, which a high C is very analytical. You know, he once asked mm-hmm. his caddy, Bernard Langer, if the yardage was from the front of the sprinkler or the back of the sprinkler. So all those different Mm. styles, you know, you have to be yourself. So if you're a Q 
child and you're a high S, which is pretty steady and shy and quiet, wants to hit balls on the other side of the range, and you have a high D parent, the high D parent might say, what are you doing? you got to hit more balls. Get over here. You know, And so they right. don't know how to act with each other, and therefore the child is going to be all stressed out. Rajin, you could hear her say, if I practice more than an hour, I lose focus. Well, if she had a high D parent that was freaked mm-hmm. out and pushing her to be number one in the world, they're going to have an issue. And clearly they don't, yeah, and it- which is a blessing. But you need to understand all the styles that are in your circle, if you will. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, it's very evident, as you said, that she didn't because she said that her parents encouraged her really to, you know, to sort of right from the very early uh, points in her career when she started playing golf, that they encouraged her to, to really, you know, enjoy other things and not just, you know, 24-7, uh, you know, thinking about golf. So obviously they – you know, they probably encouraged her and, and nudged her along at certain points, but it doesn't appear that they, you know, pushed her. And, and you know, Cindy, you, we've talked about this before, uh, you know, in some of the, the uh, you know, different schools and things like that that work with juniors where we see that the opposite happening where, you know, the kids going out there doing, you know, their darn best and the parents are on the sideline, you know, chomping at the bits and, you know, yelling at them and trying to get them to, to pick up the pace and do whatever else. And, you know, ultimately what ends up happening is, you know, the, the child just, you know, sort of crumbles to dust. And ultimately, in many cases, probably even in some cases, walks away from the game because they're not enjoying it anymore. And I think you have to have fun no matter what you're doing, but you have to have fun at it. And if it's, you know... Uh, we understand that you know you want to play at a competitive level. You're going to have to work at it. But there's Regine, who's a perfect example that she doesn't kill herself, and yet she's gone out and won five times on the Symmetra. So, you know, uh, again, it works for her, right? Yeah, you, you need to know who you are and what works and what doesn't work. And again, mm-hmm. it's not that she's not competitive. I mean, she said, "I want to finish, you know, really high." So when she goes back home to work on her foot that she's got a cushion that she's not worried about being in the top 10 on the Symmetra tour. Another thing Mm -hmm. that I will say is that it's important, especially for the kids who want to play long-term that you understand this is a game for life. And she made a, a comment about that of, you know, I'm when you're young, time seems like, Oh, I've got to do it right now. And when you're not, if you're if you're going to play the tour for a long period of time, <clears throat> a couple months doesn't mean anything. Right. And yep. and you need and, to be and, very aware of that. Yeah, you've got to pace yourself, you know, I think in anything that you do. And I, I remember, uh, obviously not last season, but I think, uh, I'm not sure if it was 218 or, or 219, but I remember on the Symmetra Tour, there was like seven might have been eight events in a row back to back and i remember some of the winners that came on by the time we got towards the you know the seventh or eighth um you know they were beat i mean they were yeah um you know it was it was you know and so i think what they've done is they in fact i think um uh mike nichols of course chief chief business officer when he was on uh beginning this season i think he said that that they kind of spread things out a little bit differently because they were kind of getting a lot of them lumped in. And, and again, 
you know, they're they're circling, you know, all over the U.S. playing tournaments, you know, not just California and Florida, but they're going up into the Northeast and, and Midwest and so forth. So, you know, you've got climates and things to throughout the season to, to adapt to. And, you know, so sometimes, you know, in the summer months, you're maybe up in the North and Northeast and so on. So you're trying to ram a lot of tournaments in uh, to fill up the season. And it, it's hard, you know, I would think for a lot of these players to to play that many events you know two events maybe even three events and then take a little bit of a break but when you're doing you know six seven eight events straight um that's hard on you and for somebody like Ray Jin particularly who likes to have a little bit of downtime that's probably equally difficult for somebody like her what do you think yeah because you got to pace yourself so she'll probably take a week off knowing that if she takes the week off she's going to be better and more prepared than if she were just, you know, continually playing. So it's important right. to and know it, how to pace yourself. Right. And, and as I, you know, as I pointed out in 2018, uh, you know, she won three times that season on tour uh, and maintained the number one spot pretty much for the, if I re- recall, pretty much from the whole season. So, I mean, to be able to do that and maintain the schedule that she had, which was, you know, a lot less than, than some of the other players, I'm sure, um, you know, says a lot to, to her, you know, to her mental state uh, on how she perceives things, how she views things. And, you know, it was interesting. What was, you know, kind of funny was when she talked about Rosang, who, of course, is the number one world amateur, you know, she, you know, even though she's very calm, you know, Regine I'm talking about is very calm and relaxed she recognized the caliber of this player that she was now going to be in a playoff against, never been in a playoff, suddenly is combated with, hey, you know, I'm in the playoff, uh, I'm going against the number one amateur in the world, and, you know, she's well-known, blah, 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 you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, So she was understandably nervous going in, but very quickly she found a way through, you know, communicating with her in, in their native tongue, um, to be able to relax and calm that nerves down. And ultimately, you know, it served her well. She went on to win. And that's got to feel pretty good for somebody in her position to, you know, be up against, um, you know, somebody that is very well recognized um, worldwide in, in the golfing circuit and to be able to come out and then ultimately beat her, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah, and not just... You know, it's, it's going to be interesting as, as the, the season progresses. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, as we start to bring more winners on the show each week. Of course, we're going to have another one. Uh, obviously, uh, who knows? Ray Jin may be coming back next week. So we'll have to think of some other things to ask her. But because um, we know she's, uh, she's out in California, as she mentioned. Uh, and then I think she said they head back to Arizona for another event. And then she's going to take, um, you know, they're going to be off, I think, for a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, she'll be able to have that break. But... Um, I, I really do anticipate that she is going to. I would be. I would be shocked at this point. I think I would be shocked and surprised if she does not come back on the show this year. Um, you know, as as a winner again, because I think she's going to win again. I would be very surprised if she doesn't, because I think she just has. Um, I mean, you know, I just rambled off a little bit of the stats earlier, but that's that's a pretty impressive stat. To, to get that many greens in regulation, to get that many. She's probably not the longest on tour um, in her distance, but she's obviously very, very accurate. 
right? Yeah, and I think she trusts her swing. She's not searching. It's kind of like this is my swing. I know what it is, and I don't have to think about this. I can put it in the cupboard and close the door, and then I'll pull it out when I need it. I mean, what a great attitude. She kind of reminds me a little, I mean, not personality-wise, but the, the same approach. You know, you mentioned Bruce Litsky, and another one comes to mind is Freddie Couples. You know, obviously Freddie had a had a very good uh, has had a very good career in that, but he had that kind of laid back. I mean, some people almost wondered if he was you know doing something else besides playing golf, because you know he would just come out there. But you know he would go out, and I watched him a, a few times. Uh, you know, back in Canada when he he played in the Canadian Open, and I would see him on on the driving range, you know, warming up or or what have you. And I mean, he'd be chatting away and having a great old time and you know he'd get up there and hit some balls and he would you know he and his caddy uh you know would would chat for a few minutes and he wouldn't hit a ball for a few minutes and then he'd you know pull another one up so it's 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 kind of interesting um but um yeah so it, it just it, again it's just a testament to the type of player that she is i think we'll see her back all right it looks like unfortunately val is not going to make it uh today so we'll have to see about getting her back uh i'm not sure if something may have come up but uh, so we're going to end a little bit earlier uh but we want to again congratulate rachin lu on uh win number five on the symmetra the carlisle arizona women's golf classic and uh we're going to be back next week with a new winner from symmetra and another great guest so we we'll hope you join us Thanks for tuning in, everybody. God bless. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStreamLive, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.